athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Box to Rose countdown to kick off, taking place this Saturday. It's going to be a great time in Durham, and you can watch online at BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's noon Central Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Got to get right to it and set the table because I have a guest on the line today. We're going to be joined by Florida A&M head football coach Willie Simmons momentarily. The Kobe Durant of South Carolina State going to join us on the program. One of the best defensive backs in the country and a quill glass quarterback for Alabama A&M. Also one of the best players in the country. Also going to join us today on the program. You can participate on Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Hit us up if you want to join us on the conversation. Let's continue here on box to row We're joined by a gentleman in his fourth season as the head football coach at Florida A&M. Last the Rattlers played had a phenomenal 2019 season. And I'll tell you what, most of the team comes back like they didn't play in 2020, obviously, the Rattlers didn't play in 2020, didn't play in the spring of 2021, yet most of the players come back. Fam, you remember, now in the SWAC, opens the season, big-time game, Sunday, September 5th, in Miami Gardens against Jackson State, as Willie Simmons, the head coach at Florida A&M, joins us here on the program. Been a while, Coach Simmons. Hope you and the family are well. I'm doing well, Don. Everybody's doing well. Family's well. My team's doing pretty well, and it's uh, always great to, uh, to be on. Absolutely. Always good to have you. I want to start here. I look at, you know, we look at the transfer portal, and you look at guys that, that even before the pandemic, it was just a lot of guys in the transfer portal. And, of course, with the, with the pandemic, and more so understandably, you had a lot of guys uh, that wanted to transfer. Maybe some schools didn't play. Uh, like yours didn't, and they wanted an opportunity maybe to play. But the core of your team comes back. The Xavier Smiths, the Marquise Bells of the world, the Bonnets of the world all come back. How were you able to keep this team pretty much intact, uh, having not, in essence, played football in about 20 months? Well, that's a great question, and it's something that, as a staff, we we talked long and hard about once we knew that we weren't going to play in uh, fall of, of fall of twenty, uh, we thought we'd have a season in fall in spring twenty one, uh, but unfortunately we weren't able to do that either. Um, but I think the biggest thing, uh, one, you know, these guys love this place. You know, they love Florida and them. Uh, I think they've really bought into the culture that we've built here. They see what we're doing, uh, the upgrades that we made to the facility, um, to the, the the stadium itself, uh, in the form of nutrition and supplements and things of that nature. 
um, I think they just see where we're trying to go, and they want to be a part of it. So we're blessed that we only lost one guy, you know, in, in, the, in a year, uh, basically a year and a half since we played. We've only lost one guy, and that's Vende Ray to Georgia Tech, where his older brother plays, or a younger brother, rather. Um, but other than that, and these guys are here, they're ready to go. They're excited to take the field here in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'm excited to be leading them. Absolutely. What does it mean now? You're back in the SWAC, of course, previously at Prairie View A&M as an assistant uh, at Alcorn State. Uh, so you're back. Uh, Florida A&M, I guess, in essence, is back. Uh, right, long, you know, well, back in you know, the history may have been more with the SIAC, but I mean, there's just some natural natural rivalries, I guess, uh, when you look at the Jackson States of the world. Of course, who you open up uh, against on September 5th. Your thoughts uh, on your program and fam, you as a whole, joining the SWAC? Oh man, I think it's a phenomenal move. I know it's something that our uh, administration had vetted years ago. Um, our alumni. You know, I talked about it years ago uh, because of the proximity of a lot of the schools in the conference. Um, so you look at, you know, the player travel, uh, the ability to our fans to travel to games, our student body to travel to games. And, and, and so, again, the safety of our student uh, body and our athletes are always first priority. And so I think from that standpoint, it was a phenomenal move because it gives us shorter travel time, which puts us in the classroom more. Uh, but then from, a, from an economic standpoint, uh, it, it just gives us, so many more opportunities to generate revenue. Um, some of our biggest non-conference games over the years have been when SWAC teams have come to Brad Memorial Stadium. In my two years of playing competitions in Florida and them, the two biggest crowds we've had outside of homecoming have been Jackson State year one and then Southern year two. And so you look at the, the, the opportunity to play those games on a yearly basis and to have three or four conference teams coming here a year and have big crowds and generate a lot of revenue is something that uh, we thought was too, was too good to pass up. So I'm excited about the move. I spent six years in the conference. It's a phenomenal conference, and uh, I can't wait to get started again. And then Bethune-Cookman also joins you in the SWAC as well. Uh, no, no question. You know, and, and I think that just strengthens the league. You know, it was already a great league, but then you had two uh, programs that have been you know extremely successful in not only football, but the other sports as well, you know. So now with 12 teams, um, I think that puts the SWAC on par with a lot of the premier uh, FCS conferences, uh, mid-major conferences, you know, in America. And so uh, we want to we want to take advantage of that. We want to capitalize on that opportunity um, in the form of sponsorships and, and, and branding and revenue generating opportunities. And under the leadership of, of Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan, uh, we feel confident that, that that's going to happen. That's the voice of Willie Simmons in his fourth season as the head football coach at Florida A&M. He joins us here on Botch to Road. To this point, Coach Simmons, how has camp gone? It's been well. It's been hot, I can tell you that much. Tallahassee has been brutally hot over these 11 practices. and uh, We've asked guys you know, to come to the heat. You know, we've had some um, you know, full-body cramps. We've had some guys kind of tap out you know, for some periods, but it's making us better. It's making us physically and mentally tough. And I really think that's going to be an edge that we have this year. I'm hoping that it's an edge that we have this year uh, at conditioning level. You know, we're a up-tempo team, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. And so we, we're going to play a lot of snaps. And so if our guys are acclimated to the heat, um, the, the environment, you know, a lot of our early games will be in the heat. And so uh, that mental toughness is something that we think will give us an advantage. So 
it's been it's been brutal, but that's what training camp is for. Uh, we break camp, you know, this Sunday. School starts for us Monday, and uh, I know the guys are excited because they get to see regular students again, and uh, they get to get from under Coach Simmons' gauntlet. <laughs> no question. As a former quarterback that played, of course, at Clemson and also uh, the Citadel. Uh, what's that quarterback battle looking like there in camp? And have you named a starter as of yet? We haven't named a starter, you know, but it is a fierce battle. You know, right now we have three guys vying for that starting role. Uh, Rashawn McKay uh, right now is the incumbent. You know, he's the returning guy, uh, backed up Ryan for you know, 18 and 19. Actually got a start uh, against Morgan State in 19. So he has he's the only quarterback with real game experience. Um, you know, he's done a really good job during training camp and, and really, really working hard to try to, uh, you know, distance himself from the other guys. But, you know, Cameron Sapp is breathing right down his neck. You know, he's a, he's a, a redshirt sophomore that we signed out of Jacksonville um, a couple of years ago. He played a couple of snaps in 19, nothing significant, um, but had a really, really good uh, last scrimmage this spring and uh, has really made some plays for us in training camp. He's the most athletic of the group, uh, really, really uh, strong with his legs, true dual-threat guy. And uh, he gives us an added dimension that, that we haven't had here in a long time. Uh, and then the last guy is actually a true freshman, you know, Junior Muratovic, is a quarterback we signed out of Orlando with Kyber High School, uh, who's really, really come in and opened some eyes. Uh, he, he, he's going to remind us of Ryan Stanley, uh, you know, the way he looks, the way he wears his hair in that bonnet, and, uh, you know, even has that modern girl sunshine, you know, with the guys. But, again, just a, just a smart football player, you know, wise beyond his years. Uh, he's really digested the playbook and has made some phenomenal plays for us this, this training camp. So uh, we'll scrimmage. We'll have our last scrimmage on this coming Saturday, and uh, we'll review the film. We'll, we'll evaluate those guys over the 14 days that we competed, and uh, we'll probably settle on a starter sometime in the middle of next week. Willie Simmons, again, is the head football coach at Florida A&M. He joins us here on the program. Can you speak to the offense as a whole, I mean, anytime you can have a guy like a Xavier Smith coming back, it's an absolutely phenomenal uh, wide receiver. You know, you, you, the running back, uh, Bonner comes, Bonnet comes back, Bishop Bonnet comes back for you, and I think the offensive line uh, is looking pretty good. Speak to the offense as a whole. Yeah, you know, we, we have a lot of playmakers returning. You know, we only lost Ryan, the quarterback, and Marcus Williams as a wide receiver, so the entire backfield. Returns, you know, it wasn't a strong suit for us in nineteen. So those guys have a chip on the shoulders. You know, you mentioned Bishop Bonnet; he had a, a very productive twenty eighteen season. Um, kind of battled some injuries, you know, throughout most of twenty nineteen. But he's excited to be back for his senior year. Um, I know that he's looking forward to, to, to you know, having some uh, some explosive plays and, and really impacting his offense to Real Jennings. Um, there's another big back that we that we uh, signed in nineteen. Played a lot as a true freshman. You know, he's looking extremely well and, and ready to have a breakout year. Uh, Eddie Tillman, you know, is another returning guy that, that you know, got hurt in 2019 with the hip, so he only played one game. Uh, and then one of the surprises of camp has been true freshman DeAndre France. I mean, he's an electric little guy, you know, diminutive, you know, probably 5'7", 165 pounds. But, man, he can tote it. You know, had a 62-yard touchdown run in our first scrimmage. Um, he made some dynamic plays. Uh, you know, since then. So we're excited about him as well. So run, run game-wise, I think we'll be a lot stronger than we were in 2019. Now, a lot of that is going to uh, be predicated on what happens up front. You know, so uh, we've made a switch to at center. Jalen Spady has moved over from guard to center. You know, he's taken over those center responsibilities. Brian Crawford moved from center to guard. So now he and Jalen Brable are having a fierce battle at the left guard spot. Obviously, All-American Keenan Forbes is manning down the right guard spot. 
uh, Cam Colvin, who's probably been uh, the most impressive player, you know, on the whole offense this 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 fall, uh, this training camp, you know, that right tackle. And then left tackle has been a battle between FSU transfer Jay Williams and uh, Kamari Thompson. So uh, we feel we'll have a strong offensive line, you know, guys with length, guys with size, athleticism, and uh, we're just trying to find the right combination that can, that can you know, protect the quarterback and um, open up run lines for the guys. And then obviously the tight end is a position that we've upgraded. You know, we've, we've recruited really well over the last couple of years. Kamari Young started every game as a true freshman at tight end. Uh, Nick Dixon, the guy we moved over from wide receiver. And then Jeremiah Pruitt is a transfer from Colorado State, uh, 6'5", 225-pound guy that, that's a converted wide receiver. So, you know, we're athletic at the position. We're long at the position. And uh, we feel that's going to be a weapon for us. And then say the receivers last for a reason because that's the strength of our offense. Yeah. Those, uh, the Rack Boys 2.0, those guys are uh, exceptional. Led by Xavier Smith, um, just uh, an unbelievable football player, has everything that you want, speed, speed. Hands, quickness, toughness, um, everything but elite size. He's not the biggest guy. But, um, you know, Chad Hunter, you know, is back for his senior year at the Bellman Injuries in 19. So we expect him to have a huge year. David Manigo, second team on me at uh, performer for us, you know, coming back. And then we had uh, Tamari Sharid, uh, transfer from Texas State. So very, very deep. Uh, Chris Sanders, another guy. I mean, we had probably eight receivers that we feel could probably start for many teams in the conference. And uh, so the quarterbacks will have their, their share of riches um, throwing the ball out there to those guys, and they'll make them look real good. So um, talented offense, you know, just got to focus on the little things. And if we do that, uh, we feel like we'll be able to, to, to have some of the success that we've had, you know, during my time at Alcorn State and then um, even at Prairie View A&M. I got to take a break, but I can't let Coach Simmons go uh, anywhere. You know, it's been a long time since he and I've had him on the show. So we got to take a break, come back. And uh, we'll talk more with Willie Simmons, the head football coach at Florida A&M, as you got it locked into Box to Row. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky.com. Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. All right, we're back here on Fox to Row. We're talking with Florida A&M head football coach Willie Simmons on the program. Coach Simmons, how good is your defensive back Marquise Bell? Right now, he's everybody's preseason All-American. Well, I'll just say this. Um, we've had 11 days of training camp, and we've probably had 15 NFL scouts uh, come through practices. That's how good he is. Uh, and they all want to know about Marquise Bell. Now, obviously, they're asking about, you know, Xavier Smith and Keenan Forbes, Chris Fadul, um, Antoine Collier, you know, a defensive back transfer with this guy from Central Florida. But, again, Marquise Bell is the first guy to talk about, and, and the bulk of the conversation is going to be about him. He's as good as advertised. I mean, 6'2", 6'3", 
He's 205 pounds. You know, he's probably mid 4-4, you know, low 4-5 kid. Great ball skills. Got five interceptions in 19. And as a tackler, I mean, he's old school. You know, he's in that Ronnie Lott mode where when he gets there, he's coming with bad intentions. And so he, he's out there, Cal. You know, he's a guy that, you know, everybody knows about, all the scouts know about, opposing teams know about. But he's, he's earned it. You know, he works extremely hard. He's a great young man, um, very humble. And uh, barring any unforeseen injuries, uh, he could definitely, you know, he's already on a lot of preseason lists, but, but he'll push for all the major defensive awards at the FCS level this year, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and his defense as a whole, how's it looking? Well, I tell you what, you know, we're we're the deepest we've ever been um, up front. We're very we're very very impressed with the, the defensive line, um, but what we've been able to build over over the years in recruiting, you know, we made an emphasis a couple of years ago to to increase our, our depth and our size on the interior defensive line. And in this training camp, uh, we're probably four 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 deep um, at the two tackle spots, and uh, you know they're all big guys. Um, I think the smallest guy. Is Gentle Hunt, uh, who's a, a guy we signed out of Gainesville, Florida, a couple of years ago, and he's 5'11", 290, 295. But I mean, if he was an inch or two shorter, he'd probably be a power five guy. I mean, he's that he's that talented. But the rest of the guys are all over six two. They're all over three hundred pounds. Um, they're strong. They're explosive. And so we, we we feel very very good about the, the the size of our interior defensive line and at the end positions. You know, Isaiah Land, we expect a huge year out of him. You know, in the past, he was a hybrid outside backer. Rush in, uh, for us, he'll be a primarily be a pass rusher, true defensive end at 6'4", 215. And so he puts you in the in the mode of uh, Jordan Lewis, you know, from Southern. Uh, long, athletic, you know, really flourishes rushing the quarterback, but he's tough as nails, plays really great in the run game as well. And then on the other side, Ronaldo Flowers, who's the same team all-conference, uh, preseason selection, you know, is kicked out of the defensive end. Uh, and then when you add Tavion Williams, you know, the Tennessee from, uh, transfer from Tennessee to the fold, um, you know, we feel like we have a very, very deep and talented defensive line, one that can really, really wreak havoc on, you know, opposing defenses, particularly quarterbacks. Last thought for Willie Simmons, the head football coach at Florida A&M, and we appreciate the time. Coach Simmons, the SWAC, said welcome to our conference because they, I mean, and I guess part of it is because, you know, you play the teams in the East, but, I mean, you're playing – you're playing Arkansas Pine Bluff, runner-up in the SWAC in the spring. You're playing Southern, a perennial power. That's going to be a big-time, big-time football game in Baton Rouge, right? You've got, you know, Alabama State uh, who's looking to climb. You open up with Jackson State. you got a South Carolina State, right, uh, from the MEAC. And, of course, Alabama A&M, the defending champ. So welcome uh, to the SWAC. But I know you're up to the task. But this opening game, right, you talk about rivalries, Florida A&M, Jackson State game probably is going to be sold out Sunday. It's on ESPN2, September 5th. How excited are your kids and you for this football game and finally being able to get back on the field uh, as you haven't been on the field since November of 2019? Well, I can say this, Donald. Um, I guys will be ready to go. Uh, we will be extremely excited. Right now, our, our emphasis and focus is on getting better every day through our training camp. But I'll tell you who is excited. Rattler Nation is fired up. You know, they can't wait to get to Miami Gardens and see these young men take the field of competition. You know, it's been two years since that's happened. Um, I, I believe we have the most rabid fan base, you know, at the FCS level. And uh, they've been chomping at the bits for this game to get here. So I know we'll be ready to play, but I know the Orange and Green faithful 
will be down there in South Florida, you know, packing out the stadium, being loud, uh, you know, waiting on the March 100 to get there and show out like they always do. And so the pageantry surrounding the game is something that I'm looking forward to. But, again, we'll get through training camp here. You know, school starts for us Monday. And then after that, we'll slowly start to shift our focus to Jackson State. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, we're not even at the halfway point yet through training camp. But come September 5th, uh, these young men will be ready to play. Willie Simmons, again, the head football coach at Florida A&M, joins us here on Boxsters. Really built that program up in now four years, has brought it back. Of course, it enters the SWAC, and its opening game is on Sunday, September 5th against Jackson State in Miami Gardens. Coach Simmons, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Rattlers this season. Thanks, Donald. Again, always great to hear from you, brother. I look forward to talking again soon. Florida A&M head football coach Willie Simmons joining us here on the program. I said it, I think, even during last season or the spring season that I thought coming in, Florida A&M would be one of the better football programs in the SWAC. I still believe that. I do believe Alabama A&M is going to win the Eastern Division, but I think Florida A&M is going to be right there. That's going to be a great matchup. But the tone is going to be set Sunday, September 5th, in Miami Gardens, Florida, and it's going to be a big-time football game. Probably is going to be sold out, uh, but also you're going to have a lot of people on the outside. That is Labor Day weekend, and it's going to be very, very special. Your reaction to anything that Willie Simmons had to say, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Still to come here on the program, Alabama A&M quarterback, Aquil Glass. South Carolina State cornerback, Kobe Durant, also going to join us today on the program. So I'd be remiss, right, August 20th, 2005, was the first airing of Box to Row. You knew it then. It's still We still refer to it as from the press box to press row, but most people know it as Box to Row for Short, August the 20th, 2005. So I made the trip to Baltimore. And the the concept really of this, and I've told this many times, but for our new listeners. So the concept of this program, I grew up in the Washington area, listened to the likes of Ken Beatrice, uh, WMAL, his program called Sports Call which aired on WMAL AM 63, grew up listening to the radio, uh, then Washington Bullets games, Baltimore Orioles games, Washington Capitals games. If there wasn't a game on at night when I went to bed, it would be on the radio station WTOP, still in existence, which was carrying Larry King's nationally syndicated program. So I was a radio junkie. Grew up reading in the Washington Post, Mike Wilbon, Tony Kornheiser. So, as I grew up, uh, went to school, got out of school, got into the athletic communications business. That's where I started. Started at North Carolina A&T and went on from there. But as I listened to sports talk and really sports, the evolution of sports talk radio, no one nationally was talking HBCU sports. But, Some of the greatest players to ever play, not only football, but in athletics, period. Whether I'm talking about football, whether I'm talking about the likes of a 
Sam Jones or an Earl the Pearl Monroe, uh, you know, a Ben Wallace, a Willis Reed in basketball, if I'm talking about an Edwin Moses, just to name one in track and field, if I'm talking about Larry Doby, baseball, uh, right, a history maker, first black player in the American League. Nobody was talking about HBCU sports, specifically talking, you know, to HBCU coaches and student athletes as well. And then a lot of times not even talking to those in the professional ranks that went to HBCUs. So I said, you know, I wanted to start something where there'd be a national platform radio wise, right? Where we would talk HBCU sports. So August 20th, 2005 made the trip to Baltimore Hosted the program. As a matter of fact, the first four weeks of the program, I hosted three of the first four weeks and then turned it over to a gentleman by the name of Terry Banks, who hosted the program each Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern, as a matter of fact, for the next five months. And as with a lot of shows, you need sponsorship, you need advertising. That ran out. So ultimately... Uh, We lost a lot of the affiliates. We had stations in Atlanta and Birmingham and Greensboro, Winston-Salem, so on and so forth. And our only station still remaining. I picked the show back up. Financially, it just wasn't happening. Right back here in Raleigh, where we aired on uh, W, then known as WAUG, now known as Power 7, or excuse me, uh, Hot 97.9. And so... Built the affiliates back up, built the affiliates back up to now we're on, I think it's close to 40 radio stations across the country. We're on ESPNU radio on Sirius XM. Uh, We're also on the HBCU channel, Sirius XM 142 and on HUR Voices, Sirius XM channel 141. So a lot has gone into this program. Obviously, we still talk HBCU sports. We've evolved. Uh, quite a bit to talk a lot of sports in general, Uh, even go in terms of talking to celebrities, uh, more specifically actors, um, musicians, et cetera, right? Uh, And just talking to them generally about what they do, but then also bring in a little sports uh, to them as well. So it's been a tremendous 16 years, and we look forward to the next 16. Up next here on Box to Row, South Carolina State cornerback, Kobe Durant. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. Bubba Wallace. They feel like I'm throwing a race into the context here and it's not about race he's a driver at the end of the day everybody's making it about race it's all about the headlines these days not me saying like yep i'm the black guy here you're gonna not stop hearing about me it was more along the lines of the fans like hey it's cool i've been dealing with that for, for a while he spiked lee thank you i haven't heard that i mean i've been on rails all over the nation thank you for that question i'm a third generation morehouse man i was taught to speak your truth and that is very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school. 
the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Ron Rivera, you know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you're kind of like coach on the field. I always felt at some point, yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> Man, you know what is good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than common. Well, I ended up at Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. Dave Roberts, manager of the LA Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? Well, I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give others, other people of color opportunities, hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Omari Hartwick. And that's crazy that you say that. I got one of your colleagues and one of your contemporaries and that being Stephen A. He hit me about three weeks ago and he texted me and he said, oh, how did I miss this one? But it's equally been a beautiful thing for me to see how much you guys who work in sport are fans of me. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A. said he liked it and all within the last three weeks, you both are commenting on it. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know. I know I'm in good oh, company. Of course, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Howard University. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, a black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. She's Simone Biles. Ashley was really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're in the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body, and we hope that other young girls feel the same way about their bodies. We're really excited about this new chapter of our lives, and we hope that other young girls and women, like, feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm -hmm. all, all the top black athletes together along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown at Division One. Kyrie Irving Playing at Duke for Coach K, what was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment.
Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman, a young man, as a matter of fact, one of the top quarterbacks in all of college football. That doesn't just mean HBCU. It means all of college football at every level. He's a graduate student at Alabama A&M. He is from St. Louis, has done a tremendous job in his career, has thrown for close to 7,600 yards, 73 touchdowns while at Alabama A&M. He is the reigning Box to Row National Offensive Player of the Year. He is a Quill Glass joins us here on Box to Row. Aquil, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. I want to get your thoughts. You know, a young man like you, to me, um, with the whole NIL uh, uh, deal, right, are you mm-hmm. able to, are you currently uh, making money off your name, image, and likeness? Uh, actually, I am. I don't have any, like, company sponsorships and things like that i actually launched my own brand uh i got the website basically just selling merch t-shirts hats right now we just have t-shirts but a few more options soon but got that going that's been my main focus of the whole thing so yeah i was reading about that i i I see you got some jazzy stuff that you create tell us about it how you even get it got started with this Uh, a lot of it because you had uh some free time via the pandemic uh yeah you know as far as the online uh merchandise stuff you know i've always been one to be a thrifty type of person you know look for deals things like that but uh i just found the opportunity to be able to make money off of it i i had an internship they were paying me somewhat during the summer that the that thing that i first started and then i just did that on top of it you know it happened to grow pretty much overnight no entrepreneurship is a really good thing and 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 it's really good i'm I'm glad to see that especially when you're talking about young people because even in college like you're not it's not too soon to really start thinking about okay this is the career that i want but maybe i can have a business you know build a business behind this specific career or whatever your area of study is that said uh, it seemed like a young man like you uh, would be able to, you know, get some kind of, of deal like we see some of these other college athletes uh, are getting. I am not trying to belabor the point, but does is that bothersome to you or you just look at it like I've got my own thing going? Uh, it's not bothersome at all. You know, I knew that this day would come <clears throat> sometime. Uh, I just didn't know that it would come while I was still in college. It all kind of happened, felt like, overnight. But, um my whole attitude and process towards the whole NIL thing was I really wanted to align myself with companies that would, you know, fit my morals, fit my beliefs and things that I actually use and endorse. And it wouldn't just be a one-time transaction thing or a one-time post. Like I wanted to build a relationship that would hopefully, you know, spread on throughout my whole career. Seeing as though I'm, you know, I, I'm trying and hoping to make it to the league or willing and you know just have things that can <clears throat> that can grow and you know not just be a uh, nickel and dime here nickel and dime there you know what i mean no i i get it so what is what was 
your area of study in undergrad and what is your area now in, in graduate school? Uh, in undergrad, I studied in civil engineering and now in grad school, I'm working on uh, my master's in systems and material engineering. How does one, <laughs> that's that's great. How does, because you've made a pretty decent amount of money in terms of, of, your, of your clothing line. So how does one, uh, how are you able to do all of it? But how do you go from, so I, I know it was an interest uh, sort of, of yours. Uh, you know, I would have thought maybe you would, would have uh, would have studied fashion in school, perhaps. I've always like been interested in it. I don't think that fashion is one of those things that I really needed to go to school and focus on. So I always, you know, keep up with things, look at things, you know, YouTube, Google, different articles, magazines, things like that. I keep up with it in that way. You know, I never really had a focus and dream to make it my main focus of study because I knew that uh, no matter what, if I had a degree in fashion or not, I could still get into that industry, so to speak. <clears throat> and that shows. But as far as me, I just, I always wanted to, you know, I always love designing things and uh, seeing a plan come to fruition. And at first I wanted to be an architect and they didn't have architecture here, but, you know, civil engineering was kind of the closest thing to an architect, a little more math, but same basic principles. So I got into it and never looked back. Yeah. Now you're a guy obviously from St. Louis. Um, I mean, I guess it's not like terribly far from Alabama and more specifically Alabama A&M. What ultimately led you to attend Alabama A&M? Really just, you know, the opportunity of being able to get on the field as soon as possible. You know, in, in, in high school, coming out in the recruiting process, that was my whole thing. You know, I wanted to go somewhere where I could be a four year starter and, you know, have big numbers and set my set my career up to where uh Lord willing that I could be at the position I am right now to be an NFL draft draft prospect and have all these have all this attention. But um you know not only that but just the atmosphere of the, the whole campus, you know, the student life, the alumni, uh the teachers, the faculty, everybody, you know, everyone's it's a big it's a big family, you know, you never really can't go anywhere where somebody's going to turn you away. You know, if you have a question, if you're looking for help, there's always somebody there to help. So that's what ultimately led me there. Yeah, and of course you were recruited recruited by the previous regime. So what other what other uh, interest or offers did you have on the table? Uh, I had two other offers. I had an offer from Florida International and then an offer from Missouri State. Aquil Glass, of course, the quarterback for Alabama A&M. He's a graduate student. He is from St. Louis. He joins us here on Box to Row. He is the Box to Row uh, National Offensive Player of the Year, reigning, that is. Take me through last year, through the spring. 5-0, a lot of, lot of adversity, uh, not only because of the pandemic and playing in the spring, but even throughout the course of the spring, you guys had uh, a couple of games that were postponed, uh, a game or two that was canceled uh, ultimately, yet you persevered to finish undefeated and win the SWAC championship. Take us through that. Your thoughts on being able to go through all of that and ultimately win the SWAC in the national championship. I think it's just a great testament to not only our team, but our coaches and everybody on our staff. You know, uh, last year we had we had our first game be canceled, and luckily I got rescheduled the same week. But then the next three weeks we were off just scrimmaging each other and practicing, wondering when we we're going to get a game again. So. 
for them to be able to keep us focused and for us as players to maintain focus on the goal that we had, it was uh, it was amazing to see. And I'm just uh, – it made me so prideful and happy to be able to bring a championship to Huntsville and Alabama and then the school that get, that's given me so much, you know, just to be able to give back to them and put my name and this team's name in the in the record books was – it was an awesome feeling, you know. I feel like um, it was a challenge, and as, us as a whole organization, we just did a great job. Yeah, that I mean, and I'm sure that first game really had to be quite a quite a challenge. Uh, right, I think it was the first game that whatever game you all played, South Carolina State, and of course we have Jacoby Durant uh, on on the program today as well. I mean, that was a challenging game. He had you know three picks against you, but I mean, I guess my point is. You finished the season with 16 touchdowns to only four interceptions. That means in the remaining games, you only threw one interception. Take us through that particular game, uh, what happened there, and then the adjustment that you were able to make uh, to only throw the one interception the remainder of the season. And again, uh, on your way to leading Alabama A&M to the HBCU National Championship. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, our, the first game we had, you know, we came out slow as offense, and I take full blame for that. You know, I came out, I wasn't really prepared, making made a couple of bad decisions, a couple of missed balls, missed throws that I could have had better, and uh, that led to that led to turnovers. But you know, our defense did a great job of stepping up and getting them stops and getting us the ball back, so we can get back in our rhythm. And I think once we did that, we just didn't look back as often. Uh, as far as just my focus and everything, you know. Our coaches always tell us that ball security is job security, both both ours and theirs. So if we can take care of the ball, we're gonna, I'm going to put my team in a better position to win the game no matter what the score is. So the rest of the season I was just focused on, you know, making better decisions and keeping the ball out of harm's way. You know, if it's a, if it's a risky 50-50 ball that I can throw down the field to Zay or Abdul or a wide-open check down that'll give me 10 yards, you know. It's just about taking the check down because you can never go broke making a profit. But um, I don't think it was too much of a added focus. I think it was just more of a – that's not the rust off. It had been a minute. I was kind of nervous. But uh, once I did that, I was fine. Of course, Aquil Glass, quarterback for Alabama A&M, joins us here on the program. One of the best – entities in the country that covers college football is al.com joseph goodman uh wrote and he's a he's a columnist uh he ultimately wrote it was really the title of the the column was hustling so alabama's top college quarterback can stitch together historic run and that's a play of course a little bit of a play uh off of your fashion designing right but i want to focus on alabama's top college quarterback somebody writes that about you you've got the university of alabama you've got uab you've got all these south alabama all these schools within the state what does that mean to you uh it's amazing you know uh honestly it's one of those things where it's like it's it's great to hear but at the end of the day i know my job's not done and my goal isn't complete this is just a step and and the steps that i have to do to achieve my my ultimate goals. So, at the end of the day, I just look at it as a you know, added bonus, added thing to, to let you know that I'm on the right, tell myself that I'm on the right track and um, where I want to be. Because at the end of the day, when I first got to school, no matter how slim or short the chances were, I always envisioned myself being here. And it's just, it's amazing to be living in it and going through it. I'm just ready to 
continue to make people proud and make the doubters and the believers. Yeah, for you, I mean, this is our first time talking, but you, you, you're very, you're very humble. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're, you're stars, no question about it. But you're very humble. You take it, you know, certainly in stride. Uh, NFL teams knocking down the door. You were rated a top twenty uh, quarterback amongst all senior college quarterbacks in the country. How do because I, for some that you know may get to people's heads and. You know, then, then, then it may not work out for them, but it's work. It seems to, obviously for now it's working out uh, for you, and you're very humble about it. How are you able to stay grounded, uh, knowing uh, that uh, on the other side, you know, maybe in a, in a couple of uh, not a couple of months, but sometime next year, you could possibly be playing on Sundays. Really, it's just about just living in the moment. You know, I think our coaching staff has preached that about life and football as a whole. You know, they always say. Take it one play at a time. You can't live off the past. You can't think about the future too much. You have to control what you can control in in the moment, which is today, and the rest take care of itself. So I try and do that every day. I try and just continue to work on things that I need to work on, you know, from my coaching staff to my family. They've always been supporting me, and they've always shown me that no matter what you do, there's always something that you can do to be better. So it's always about just continuing to grow as a player, grow as a grow as a football player, grow as a leader. It's all about that. So that's what motivates me and allows me to be humble. Aquil Glass, again, a graduate student. He's from St. Louis, starting quarterback for Alabama A&M, one of the top college football players in the country, the reigning Box to Row National Offensive Player of the Year, joins us here on Box to Row. The Bulldogs going to open the season at home on Saturday, September 4th, against South Carolina State. Aquil, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Bulldogs. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate your presence. Thank you, Aquil. South Carolina State corner, Kobe Durant is up next. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom amongst four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at Marjorie's Beef Jerky. It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Let's keep things moving here on Box to Row. We're joined by a young man who is a redshirt senior for South Carolina State and had an outstanding spring for the Bulldogs. As a matter of fact, four interceptions on the season. A Box to Row All-American and playing a game for the Bulldogs. Open the season against Alabama a&M, Dakobe Durant, cornerback, joins us here on Box to Row. Dakobe, what's going on? Uh, nothing, man. What's going on with you? Oh, doing well, man. I'm doing, I'm doing well. And you know, football season is here. You guys just ended it. You know, a fall season. What, like th- a little more, maybe than three months ago now. Uh, maybe closer to four, really, at this point. Uh, but your thoughts, yeah, really? Sir. Yeah. I mean, how, how is? Okay, let, let's start here. How is that? taking sort of a toll on you if it is as you have spring uh the spring or not the spring the uh summer camps now 
Uh, it's really was a, uh, it was really different. Uh, just being able to play in the spring, it was kind of funny playing in the spring because we never really had really like actual games playing in the spring. Um, and then for it transferring over to the summer summer camp, uh, it wasn't really bad, but uh, you know what I'm saying I feel like everybody's moving well, everybody's healthy, everybody's still working hard. Uh, I don't feel like it. It took a tremendous toll on nobody, really. Okay, no, that, that's fair. Yeah, take us through that season. You all had it, it was an interesting season to say the less for everybody that played, but I would say even more specifically for South Carolina State because you had a game uh, that was not on the schedule that you ultimately played against Alabama A&M, which you played extremely well. We'll talk more about that. The MIAC was supposed to have played uh, a season. North Carolina A&T uh, decided not to play first. Uh, it was then, I can't remember if it was Norfolk State or North Carolina Central that was next, but both of those teams decided not to play, so there was going to be no championship like there was supposed to be. Yet, Howard, you, you couldn't really play Howard like they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't have them. They, you couldn't come to them. Just a strange season. Speak to how you were able to persevere as a team, and you guys finished very well for the spring season. Uh, yeah, we finished great. Uh, we finished at like 3-1. Uh, and one. Um, it was pretty much, uh, coming into that, uh, season, um, playing Alabama and them, we was actually was supposed to play Howard first, but Howard, uh, had a little COVID thing going on. And then, so we end up adding Alabama and them on like a Tuesday, uh, at like midnight, we got a message from the, uh, AD and was like, Hey, you guys, we playing Alabama and them. So we had to. You know what I'm saying? Face a little adversity right there from watching all that film on Howard to actually going in and watching film on Alabama A and M and then playing them on that Saturday. So it was uh it was kinda funny but um throughout that season, man, I felt I felt great about it. It was a great game against Alabama A and M. Uh, that was the game we actually lost. Uh they came in, they beat us uh thirty one to seven. So, um uh, I feel like uh the other games, we really turned it up a notch uh, because that was kind of like a wake-up call for that spring season uh, for Alabama and them to come in and beat us like that. So uh, we didn't we didn't let that really settle in. They didn't settle in with us very well. So yeah, understood. You you specifically uh, must have been excited, even though you know it was a lot of transition. You didn't really know. To your point, you, you know you're, you're you're finding out three days. Uh, before four days, I guess, before you're supposed to play Alabama A&M, that you're playing the Bulldogs, but you know that you're going up against one of the top quarterbacks uh, in the country. And I know for you, as one of the top defensive backs in the country, that had to be very exciting for you. Uh, yes, that was very exciting. I didn't even know he was a a, a big time quarterback like that until like a couple of days before uh before the game. Um, one of the running backs told me, he was like, man, he's one of the uh, top quarterbacks in the FCS or whatnot, whatnot. So I was like, man, this is my chance, this is my chance to really, uh, show up and, uh, and, and play hard, really. So I, uh, I just, when I came into that game, man, I just had a mindset. Like, I was saying every, all day, uh, all week, I was like, um, man, I'm gonna catch three pits in a game. I'm gonna catch three pits in the game, y'all boys. So I was just telling my teammates that, and then, Man, the game actually came, and when I caught the first pick, 
I was like, he gonna throw me another one. Then he threw another one. Then he threw another one. So I was pretty amped up. I was pretty amped up about that, man. My teammates was amped up about it too because I was actually really talking about that all week. Oh man, that's funny. I mean, and, and, and you did. You had three interceptions in the first half against Aquil yes, Glass, sir. one of the better quarterbacks. Did he? Did he? You, we had him on a little bit earlier, uh, you know. So he he acknowledged it, right? But did like did he did he stay away from you in the second half? Um, no, uh, I actually didn't even, I played like one down in the second half, man. I ended up catching a full body cramp. So that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. So, uh, me and him, uh, talked on Instagram on social media. Uh, we laughed about the interceptions when I, when I posted a, uh, a highlight tape and he was like, man, I can't, uh, throw you no three interceptions. But I told him, uh, I was like, man, I owe y'all a second half cause I didn't play in the second half. So I know you – I mean, we'll talk more about – of course, you're going to play them again, and we'll talk a little bit more about yeah. that. Yeah, that I know that's going to be big time. Uh, you, Of course, the Kobe Durant, cornerback with South Carolina State. He joins us here on Box to Row. He's a redshirt senior. He's from Lamar, South Carolina. He's a Box to Row All-America and an All-America uh, preseason. And is, by the way, also on the Buchanan Award watch list for the best defensive player in FCS uh, football. Uh, so for for you all, talk about this defense. Like, you know, I feel like it's going to be a, a really good defense. I feel like, you know, you've got some guys that people know, but a guy, I feel like a guy like a B.J. Davis, right, linebacker's a little underrated. He got hurt, I think. I believe it was, he got he, – he started out like gangbusters in 2019, got hurt, uh, but uh, had a really good spring. So talk about this mm-hmm. this defense and how good it can be. Um, first off, man, we go by something. We got a little saying that we go by. Uh, the dog got to be in you, not on you. You know what I'm saying? So when you come on the dark side of our defense, man, uh, the dog got to be in you. It, it's, it's nowhere around it. Either you're going you gonna to have that dog in you or you're not. So uh, pretty much, man, we got to start defense, uh, starting with the D-line, man. Uh, those freshmen that was on the D-line actually played great ball in the spring. They shocked us. Uh, really, because they were just fresh out of high school, and um, they stepped up big, um, especially after the defensive line that we had in 2019. So that was pretty much uh, what we was really waiting to see how things was going to work out with the D-line. Then for the back seven, man, we all click on one accord, man. I just feel like uh, the dominance is there. Uh, I feel like we could play with anybody, really. And um, this – Everybody back there, man, uh, is just really some dogs, really. Yeah, I, I actually said Kobe was a redshirt, seems actually a graduate uh, student. Again, Kobe Durant joins us here uh, on the program. Uh, what is it, What when you, okay, so you already knew coming into 2020 uh, that A&T was leaving the conference then, Florida A&M said it was leaving the conference. Uh, then Bethune-Cookman said it was leaving uh, the conference. Uh, you thought you were going to get an opportunity for a championship game. Uh, into uh, Well, one last hurrah, I should say, for 2020. And then ultimately a championship game for 2021. None of that came to fruition. Now, there's six teams remaining in the conference. Is that – do you do you all and you specifically feel like it's – the MEAC is different now, or you, or you don't really look at it like that and you just go out and play and, 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 and do the best you can against the opponent that you're playing against? Um, no, I don't really look at it like that. Uh, I feel like 
even though they're going, there's nothing changing. Everybody is playing on the same level, Division One football. So you got to bring your A game every game. A young man that uh, I'm sure, of course, that uh, that you know made his name uh, against Clemson, right? Uh, going back some some years ago now, just signed uh, the biggest um, deal as far as inside linebackers uh, in the history of the National Football League, right? So uh, I know you're not looking past Alabama A&M. Uh, I, I, you, you mentioned, you said it, hey, I wanted another half against these guys. You're, you're hopefully going to have two halves against uh, Alabama A&M on September 4th. But what does, you know, the possibility of playing against a Clemson, how is your, you know, what is your, what are your thoughts on that and your mindset kind of going into that? Because again, this is much like playing against glass. This is an opportunity to play on a big level where a lot more eyes are on you. Uh, Honestly, it's no, it's no pressure towards that. Um, I just got to go in and play my game, even though it's, you know what I'm saying? It's Clemson. It's on the biggest stage. Uh, I can't get caught up in that moment of trying to, like, I don't have to prove nothing to anybody. I can just – all I got to do is just go out and play my game and everything else will fall in place. Kobe Durant, of course, of South Carolina State, cornerback. He's a graduate student. He's from Lamar, South Carolina. He joins us here on the program. Kobe, how did you ultimately end up at South Carolina State? Um, I knew the coaches uh, for a long time. My cousins play here. They more like my brothers, uh, Marquis Hamlin and Marquez Hamlin. Their older brother played at Clemson, Michael Hamlin. But, um, yeah, uh, I used to come to the games a lot when I was young. I uh, used to stay up here uh, during the summertime with my cousins. Um, and just really, the coaches knew me a lot. And then uh, one of the recruiters in our area, Gerald Harrison, um, he pretty much gave me a chance uh, to come in. Uh, I set out 17 season. And then I uh, started out in spring 18, and then that's when everything just started rolling, man. No question about it. Uh, how excited are you and, and your guys for that uh, opening game? Uh, a bit of a, a, you know, I know you are, you all are looking to avenge the loss against Alabama a and you got to go to Huntsville on Saturday, September 4th to open up the season. Oh, yeah, we're very excited, um, being that we get to play a full schedule, and actually, so uh, – all the guys, we are amped up about it. Uh, we're going through camp right now, uh, our last couple of days of camp, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to start preparing for them soon. So uh, the guy, me and the guys are ready. Kobe Durant, again, a graduate student. He is from Lamar, South Carolina, cornerback, one of the best corners in the country. He joins us here on Botch to Row. The Bulldogs open the season on Saturday, September 4th at Alabama A&M. Kobe, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Bulldogs this season. Thank you, sir. Anytime, Kobe. I got to get ready to run here on Box to Row. Thank you to Kobe Durant, to Willie Simmons, to Aquil Glass for joining us today on the program again. Box to Row countdown to kickoff. Watch Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. On BoxToRow.com. Watch on BoxToRow.com. It's going to be great. Bunch of coaches going to be in the building. We're going to have a great time. Check it out again on BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is presented by DW Communications.